Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mouseworld Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner specializing in vacation destinations all over the world. From frequent theme park getaways to annual family cruises to once-in-a-lifetime epic worldwide adventures, we can help you make those dreams a reality. At Mouse World Travel, we focus on quality vacations to provide guests with the most optimal experience. Our agents treat each trip as if it were their own, which means a special, personalized vacation just for you. Our agents provide concierge-level service during the vacation planning process, including offering recommendations to fit your family's needs, such as help choosing hotel or dining locations, suggesting add-ons or extras that we think your family might enjoy, offering tips and tricks to make the most out of your vacation, and answering questions to help you plan efficiently. Some of our more popular vacation destinations include cruise lines such as Norwegian and Royal Caribbean, all-inclusive destinations such as Sandals and Beaches, Universal Parks and Resorts, and of course the various Disney destinations, which include the theme parks, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and Alani. There's something for everyone, and no matter what type of vacation you're looking for, an expert agent at Mouse World Travel will help you get there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to Rope Drop and Park Hop. Hi. Hi. This is going to be kind of a different episode for us. We're going to not read news today. We're going to not read a review today. We're just going to dive right into the episode because we want this to be an episode that stays evergreen. Right. That we can send first timers to when they're getting ready to plan their trip. Or even if you are someone that's been before, it might be time for a refresher on how to get ready for the perfect Disneyland trip. Yes. And in our 100 plus episodes of this podcast, we have shared most of this information throughout. But sometimes it's hard to find a starting point when you are getting ready to plan a Disneyland trip. So we want this to kind of be an outline. Yes. And we've had a lot of requests for this. A lot Mm -hmm. of people will reach out and say, hey, do you have one episode that you would recommend a first timer listen to? And we don't really have one specific episode. We just have a bunch. So here we go. We're going to try and condense it down and try and go over everything. And we're excited for your trip coming up. Yes. Okay. Step number one. I mean, it can be one or the other on these. So let's start with just the very basics. Airports. If you're flying into Disneyland, you're going to need to know the airports that you want to avoid and the airports you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. So... The most obvious choice is always LAX for people, and that's because it's usually a direct flight from wherever they're coming from. It's sometimes the cheapest option, 
but we recommend against it because it's a little bit harder to get to Anaheim from LAX than it is from the other airports that are a little bit closer. Right. Count on at least an hour traveling time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ubers can be $60 up right? if it's just a regular Uber, never mind the XL version. Mm-hmm. Um, shuttles can be similar to that right? Uh, per person, right. actually, on shuttles. And if you're renting a car, you're driving in a lot of Southern California traffic, which can be a little unnerving. Which nobody likes. Nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just keep that that in mind. Keep if that in mind. You know, if it's significantly cheaper to fly into LAX, don't let that deter you. It'll be fine. Yes. You'll figure it out and it'll be fine. But yes. And always, have you flown into LAX? Uh-huh. Okay. I have never flown into LAX. I've been able to avoid it completely. But I do know, we've talked on episodes before about the Amtrak train, and I do know there is a way to hit the train station, Union Station in LA from the airport from LAX and take a train into Anaheim. So that's an option if you're looking at price and convenience. Mm-hmm. There are ways around it. If yeah. that's your best option, go for it. But if you're the kind of person that likes uncomplicated travel, we recommend Long Beach, the Santa Ana Airport, which is also called John Wayne, which Orange is also County. called Orange yes, County. Yes, it has a lot of Because why have one name when you can have three? Correct. So <laughs> those are the two that are our favorites. There is also the Burbank Airport, mm-hmm. which you can take a train from the Burbank Airport. That one's pretty simple to figure Super out. Super simple. Yes. And we've done it before, so we can tell you all about it if yes. you want to reach out for questions on that. So I'd say our first choice is typically for us, specifically flying from Boise, we get great rates into Long Beach mm-hmm. pretty regularly. So I'd say our first choice is Long Beach, followed very closely by Orange County. Right. And then our third choice would be Burbank, just because of how easy it is to take that train. Right. And then you can also look into Ontario. Mm-hmm. You can also look into San Diego if you don't mind a little bit of a commute. Right. It's a beautiful drive. There's a train that goes that way as well, uh-huh. and it's a beautiful train ride. So you have options. Yes, so um, many options. So don't just look at LAX when you're looking at plane tickets. Yes. Okay, and then your next thing is where to stay. Yes. And we recommend walking distance to the parks, always. There are some other options a little bit farther out. Again, if you're renting a car, it's possible you could stay a little farther out and drive into the parks every day. Right. Know this, that if you're staying within walking distance— All of the hotels that are on Harbor Boulevard, which is one of the bordering roads of Disneyland, you're going to pay more money for fewer amenities. A lot of those are not going to offer you a breakfast. You're going to typically pay a per day price for parking if you have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. What else? I'm trying to... Some of them are in need of an update. They're clean, but they're old. Yes. And... And they're not, you know, motel prices. Right. The hotels that are closest to the parks. And some of them are motel feels. Right. With with hotel prices. With hotel prices. So keep that in mind. There is a paid shuttle service called the ART in Anaheim that will transport you from some area hotels to the Disneyland Resort. So if you are looking to not walk and you're okay with paying a little extra for a shuttle, that's an option. Uber and Lyft run all over Anaheim. So I think that's it. Well, let's talk about the... Disneyland hotels. Yes. The resort hotels. So there are three hotels on Disneyland property. Mm -hmm. The Disneyland Hotel, the Disney Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, Mm -hmm. and the (laughs) whatever its name is currently. Paradise Pier, soon to be Pixar Place. Yes. Hotel. Yes. And those three are... Going, because they're Disney, they're going to be more expensive. Yes. So we'll pay a premium for those. And they are... Typically, with the exception of the Grand Californian into California Adventure, they are about the same walking distance as, or maybe even a little bit more than the Good Neighbor Hotels across the street from Disneyland. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at a hotel to book. 
the benefits of staying at a Disneyland Resort Hotel, early entry. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently, each day of your stay, you can enter either park, whichever park you have reservations for. You can enter 30 minutes early. Um, Something to note in this situation is to make sure you're there even earlier than that because they will let everybody in at the same time. But there is an additional entrance inside once you're inside the park that you can access past the rope drop. Right. So if you are not there super early, you are going to be fighting with the crowds Mm -hmm. of people who are not there for early entry. So keep that in mind. Disney, if you're listening, please open some gates for hotel guests because I think that would make it so much easier. They did used to do that. They did pre-COVID. So I'm not sure why they haven't brought that back yet. I know. I wish that they would. And they have the ability. They still have the little turnstile Mm -hmm. up above that can make it. So it wouldn't be a big deal. It would be awesome if they would do that. But for now, you're going in with everybody else. You just have a separate area that you can enter and go ride rides while they wait. Yes. Okay. So you've booked your flights and you booked your hotel. Your next step is to grab your tickets. And you can book packages at Disneyland. So you can bundle your hotel and tickets together. Um, It's nice because it gives you a little way to put down a down payment and then not pay off your trip until closer to when you travel. Right. So that's an excellent option. But buying your tickets, let's talk about that a little bit. Tickets are going to be differently priced depending on which day you go and how many days you're doing at the parks. Correct. So one day tickets are tiered. There is tier zero through tier six. Tier zero starts at $104. This is a very base ticket. This ticket is going to get you into one park, On one day. On one day. (laughs) You won't be able to visit both unless you add a hopper. Hoppers are $65 for a one-day ticket or $60 for a multi-day ticket, and it includes all of your days. Right. So if you buy a park hopper for a multi-day ticket, you're getting that hopper option for all of your days you're there. You cannot piece it out and just have it for one day. And you can use it as much or as little as you want. And that's per person. Per person. (laughs) Well, and the nice thing about multi-day tickets is... The more days you're going to the park, the cheaper it is per day to go. So they are really encouraging multi-day visits. Yes, which let's address that really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that tier zero ticket is $104. Think of the tiers as level of busyness of the park. Mm -hmm. So a tier zero day is going to be super quiet. Disneyland theoretically is, theoretically <laughs> yes are there is there such a thing this is Disneyland's projected quiet day <laughs> right so Disneyland is expecting there to be low crowds so mm-hmm. think of a Tuesday in February okay. is what we always yep. say tier six is going to be the highest projected crowd level Christmas day New Year's day mm-hmm. um, a lot of the days in the summer holiday weekends things like that a lot of people will look at tickets and they'll say oh well a one-day ticket when you look at it on the website, It'll say one day ticket starting at $104 and then a two day ticket starts at what is it? $148 per day, something like that. that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will be like, well, why would I buy a two day ticket when a one day ticket is only 104 days or $104 per day? So I could do two one day tickets for $208 and it's way cheaper than buying a two day ticket. Correct. And And here's why. And in some instances, that is accurate. Mm -hmm. Look at your dates. Maybe that is a good deal for you. Um, The drawback on that is, we mentioned the hopper is going to be per ticket, not per day. So if you buy two one-day tickets, you're going to pay a $65 fee each day to add a hopper if you decide to do that. The other drawback is tiers. So, so few of those days throughout the year are going to be that lowest level that a lot of times it makes more sense to buy the multi-day ticket. Mm -hmm. It is less expensive to buy the multi-day ticket. Right. And you can buy your tickets through the Disneyland website. Just go in there and price them out. Yes. And you can see which makes more sense for you. Yeah. And again, that hopper fee is for the entirety of your ticket. Mm -hmm. So if you buy a three-day ticket, it's so much more 
cost-effective to add that hopper to a three-day ticket than it is to add it to a one-day ticket. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about Genie Plus later in the episode, but really quickly, when you buy your tickets, you have the option to add on Genie Plus in advance, which is your uh, front-of-the-line pass, I would call it. Right. It used to be called... Fast Pass. Fast Pass. Mm -hmm. Now they are called Lightning Lanes, and it is the Genie Plus that you can add to your tickets at $25 per person per day of your park visit. If you purchase ahead. If you purchase ahead. If you don't purchase ahead, it is a fluctuating price. It's surge pricing, kind of like Uber. Mm -hmm. So you will pay possibly a higher price per day once you're in the parks. Right. Um, So that's an option to add on when you buy your tickets. Also note that that is an all or nothing. Right. So if you are buying it with your tickets and you're doing five days and you want to buy Genie Plus, you cannot pick the days to add Genie Plus to. It's going to add them at $25 per day per person. for the entire ticket. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now you've got your tickets purchased. You still got to make reservations. I'm and sorry. You guys, <laughs> for now. We hope as much as you do. Some people like them. Yeah. Which shocks me because I don't love them. Yeah, they're not my favorite. They're not my favorite. In fact, I have a friend who's going next week, and when she was planning her trip, she and her husband decided to just go one day and then send their teenagers for three full days. And they were going to go explore Southern California without the kids. And I said, and she's like, what else should we do while we're in California? And I said, go to Disneyland. Like, you're going to want to go more than just one day. Well, fast forward to yesterday. She texts me. She's like, so if I want to add a day, what do I do? (laughs) Sad news for them. Reservations are pretty much gone for Mm -hmm. the time that they're there. Yes. And here's another thing. Adding on a day to your ticket is not actually as simple as just adding on a day to your ticket. You cannot do it online. You have to do it in person at Mm -hmm. the ticket booths at Disneyland, which I don't understand why and that they sucks make it so because hard. reservations are gone. When Correct. you're there actually on your trip and you want to add tomorrow to mm-hmm. your ticket, the chances of reservations being available, it's risky. Yes. Here's a <sighs> plug for staying at the resort hotels is they have a separate pool of reservations for resort hotel guests. So your likelihood of getting a reservation is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Your but mileage may vary. But yes. it stinks. Yes, it does. And so we're hopeful. We know that Walt Disney World on the East Coast is going to be eliminating the need for reservations for multi-day tickets coming up next year. Yes. Right? January of 2024. They will be doing away with reservations, hoping Disneyland will follow suit soon We're after. really crossing our fingers because it really honestly just would make things so much easier right. if we could just go when we want to go. Yes. So by the time you're listening to this, hopefully reservations are gone and you can just fast forward through all of this. Oh, okay. that'd be amazing. <laughs> so you've got your reservations made for your park which days. Which you can make those 120 days ahead of time. Correct. And you will pick your starting park, which will either be Disneyland or Disney Disney California Adventure. I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have the park hopper option added to your ticket, you can hop over to the opposite park that you started at starting at 11 a.m. Yes. And you can hop as much as you want. Mm-hmm. I have heard little rumors that sometimes there's a half an hour time frame. So like sure. if you were to hop over to DCA, walk through the park and think, oh, crud, I forgot to get something at Disneyland and you turn around and go right back out. You might have an issue. They just flag you and they may have to call a manager over to yes. help you get in. But but theoretically, yes. you're able to hop back and forth as much as you want between the two parks after 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when you make your reservation, keep this in mind. The reservation is going to say all day for whatever park you start at. So if you are reserving Disneyland as your starting park, your reservation will say Disneyland Park all day because that is the park that you have access to all day prior right. to 11 a.m., you have access to that park. After 11 a.m., you can bounce back and forth. And if you're a one-park-per-day person, 
that means you're at Disneyland all day. All day. Not hopping. All day, all day. All day, all day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now at 60 days out, you can start making your dining reservations and your experience reservations. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about dining really quickly. Dining is tricky. They don't always drop reservations for all the restaurants right at 60 days out. So a lot of people will set their alarms. Um, Typically, it's at 6 a.m. or is it 4 a.m.? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Pacific time, time, right? So a lot of people will set their alarms to get up and make those reservations and they won't see any available and they'll panic thinking they're all gone already, right. which is not the case. So we recommend using some kind of a dining watch app. Um, you can Google that and look that up. My favorite one is Mouska Pros. Um, oh. There's also Mouse Watcher. There's a, bu- a bunch of different kinds that okay. you can go. And they have a free option and then a paid option. The free option is going to email you when a reservation is available, which may not always be fast enough for you to grab it. Right. So for a paid version, usually they will text you as soon as a reservation And there's typically a link and you can just click the link. Yes. So you can get in there fast. So again, 60 days out is a general rule of thumb for dining reservations, but don't panic if you don't get what you want right away. They will release them sporadically. And people will also change their reservations Mm -hmm. in that 60 day time frame. You know, sometimes for me, when I'm getting ready to plan a trip, I will go in and I'll just grab reservations. I'll think, oh, we might want to eat here. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I probably will get feedback on this. (laughs) (laughs) I try to make my decisions quickly and release them quickly. But the good news is, is there are people who are waiting for weeks and weeks and all of a sudden they're very excited when a a reservation is released. Right. I don't hoard them. I just grab a couple. not a reservation hoarder. (laughs) But even if I were, I think that that's still great because there are still people looking for them up until the night before. Yes. So... I'm going to be controversial here and I'm going to say grab what reservations you think you might need mm-hmm. and get rid of the ones that you don't want to use as quickly as you make your plans, you know, pretty firm. Mm-hmm. And a little thing to note, if you are a large party, so eight or more people, it is typically a lot more difficult to get dining reservations. So you may have to split into two groups of four or five if you're a bigger party. And, and those you, reservations will need to be made on different accounts. Yes, separate Disneyland accounts. Disneyland will not mm-hmm. let you have two reservations uh, at the same for place, the same, same time. time right? Yes. Yep. So keep yep. that in mind. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but there are also walk-up options once you're in the park. So mm-hmm. again, don't panic if you don't get dining reservations in advance. If you're a Disney World regular, the amount of sit-down restaurants at Disneyland is vastly smaller mm-hmm. than what you have available at Disney World. So I would say it's not even necessary to get a sit-down reservation. Your quick service options are just as great. I was going to say that. And, mm-hmm. and also, if you're a Disney World person, our quick serve options at Disneyland are far superior Agreed. to Walt Disney World's. Yes. So you will not go hungry. Yes. You will be just fine. And there are some really fun sit-down dining experiences mm-hmm. that you can have. Um, our favorite at California Adventure, I say, I would say, is Lamplight Lounge. Right. So I would try for that one. Um, Blue Bayou at Disneyland is a, a classic experience um, that you should at least have once in your lifetime right. if you can. We love The car- food is okay. Yes. But the, the ambiance is cool. Yes. Carnation Cafe is a a fun one because it was Walt's like he ate there. Mm-hmm. He actually ate there. Mm-hmm. And Plaza Inn as well. But you don't need reservations for that one. Um, Unless you're doing character dining. Right. So that's another thing to note. Yes. There are one, two, three, four different character meals at the Disneyland Resort mm-hmm. that you also are going to want to plan in advance. And these are popular. These go quickly. Yes. And those do usually drop at 60 days out, I would say. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty pretty regularly dropped at 60 days yes. out. We have Goofy's Kitchen. We have uh, Storytellers with Tales, Tales with Mickey and Friends or whatever yes. it's called. Yes. Um, we have the Plaza Inn. 
breakfast with Minnie. Which you need a park ticket for. Yes. Make sure that you're yes. scheduling that on a Disneyland day. I see a lot of times on forums that people have no ticket or they have a ticket and they've chosen California Adventure as their start park, but they have breakfast at, at Plaza Inn. That mm-hmm. won't work. Right. And then the fourth option is... The princesses. The princess breakfast at Grand Californian. So three of those character experiences are outside the parks. One is inside the park. Yes. And I think that's it for dining. Yes. So, I mean, we're all about the food, but there's a million snacks and a million quick service places to eat besides the sit-down places. You really are not going to go hungry. You're not going to go hungry. I see so many people that are really panicked when they don't get reservations. And I'm always like, "Mm, I don't feel like I need them. Maybe one, a trip, two, a trip, if my trip is long. Yes. Um, I would pick, if, if it were me planning a trip, I would pick one at each park that you want to try Mm -hmm. and consider yourself lucky if you get those the rest is just fluff honestly yeah agreed also at 60 days you're going to want to make reservations for any additional things that you want to do any of the additional experiences like Mm -hmm. lightsaber building building a droid bibbidi bobbidi boutique Mm -hmm. what else i think that's it for experiences in our parks i think so too There may be some extra little things in downtown Disney that they do sporadically, but probably no reservations. Nothing nothing noteworthy there. Yeah. So if you if those are a big deal to you, if you are Star Wars fans specifically, or if you have a little princess who wants to or a little knight who wants to get dolled Mm up, um, those need to be made 60 days in advance. And those also tend to book up. They do pretty quickly. And then six weeks out from your trip is when the schedule is released for the park. So you can find out what your park (laughs) hours are ish. 60 days ish. Six weeks ish. Oh, yeah, six weeks ish. Your park hours, your show times, when parades are happening, when fireworks are happening, um, if there are any special events scheduled at the parks, um, all of that. I feel like entertainment schedules sometimes are more in the four week range. Yeah. They're supposed to be about 45 days, six weeks in mm-hmm. advance, but for some reason, they're not. But I have noticed that hours for sure are posted pretty regularly at six weeks out. Yeah. So if you're wanting to plan your park days in advance, like when you're going to have to get up and get your family out of bed to get to rope drop, you can know when the park is opening. And do we recommend rope drop? We recommend rope drop. We totally recommend rope drop. The name drop. of this podcast is Rope Dropping <laughs> and Park Hopping. We recommend both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you are going to want to get to know the app before you leave on your trip. If you have not downloaded the Disneyland app yet, go ahead and do that. Your tickets can be linked in there. Your dining reservations will show in there. You will have access to wait times and show times and mobile order for the quick service restaurants, locations for everything, bathrooms, first aid stations, drinking fountains, anything Mm -hmm. that you could want to know where it is, you can find it on the app. And this is where you will find the Genie, which can help you plan your day, and your Genie Plus, which is the thing that you either bought in advance when you bought your tickets or you decided to buy it the day of the park. Not necessary, but can be helpful if you want to knock out as much as possible in a day. And I would say if you're there for five days, if you're planning your full five-day park experience, it's going to be a lot less necessary than if you're only going for two days. If you're going for two days, you for sure are going to want to splurge because this is a great way to not spend as much time in line and to ride all of the attractions that you're interested in quickly. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, it is a fluctuating price if you buy it the day of. We've seen it as high as... I think we've seen... Is 30 30, the highest? I think 30 is as high as we've seen it. So it does fluctuate. (gasps) That doesn't mean... I'm curious to see what happens in December. That doesn't mean it couldn't go higher. Right. 
And then this is also where you will find virtual queues and individual lightning lanes. So a lot of people have questions about why there is a lightning lane when they buy their Genie Plus and then individual lightning lanes are not included in that Genie Plus price. It's a little bit confusing and frustrating, but there are a couple of rides that are not included in your Genie Plus price that you will pay an extra per ride fee to use front of the line access for. So in Disneyland, the um, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is one, and it is always going to be $25 per day. Yes. With ticket price increases possibly coming in the next few weeks, we might see a change in that. But as of today, as we're recording this episode, $25 per person and you get to skip the ride, the line one time for that. And it's a great, this is a great skip the line. Mm -hmm. It's a very short skip the line. You will spend five minutes in line until you get to the pre-show for this attraction, which is not a lot because this is always over an hour for standby wait. Right. And then over in California Adventure, you have Radiator Springs Racers on individual Lightning Lane. So, again, that's a per-ride, per-person purchase to skip the line. And this is another one that if it's important to you, this is going to be one that you want to splurge for. The price on this fluctuates quite frequently as well. It's going to be $18 today, but we've seen it 20, 15 to 20 typically, 12 mm-hmm. to 20. I've seen it at 12 before a yeah. couple times. Yeah. Not very often. Not but very often, no. no. And then also in the app, you're going to find virtual queue access. And currently, the only thing that is a virtual queue, I believe, is World of Color. Correct. So World of Color is one of the shows. That's a California adventure. Um, At noon, they will open up the virtual queue for you to join to hold your spot to go and watch the show later that evening. And there's either one or two performances each night. Mm -hmm. And so it will assign you a specific performance. It will assign you a specific area. And you will show up for that particular performance Mm -hmm. and that particular area. Yes. And... We don't think this is a necessary Mm -mm. virtual queue to join. You can enjoy the show without having your spot saved. You can walk up and watch it from any area along the water. It's a huge area. Um, There is also the option to purchase a dessert party where you can sit and watch the show and enjoy some dessert. Um, You can try and make a reservation at Lamplight Lounge and watch the show from over there at the restaurant around that time. There are a couple of different options that don't involve joining the virtual queue. So don't stress about that too much. Unless you want to I don't make know that sure I you ever, have a spot. I don't know that I've ever reserved a virtual queue for that. I think that I've always just been able to walk up. I mean, we've had reservations before for the dining or the dessert party. But I think anytime I've ever watched it without anything, I've just walked up and watched it. And yeah. this is even post-closure. Yes. And the virtual queue for that is relatively new. I'm not sure if they'll keep it around forever. So this and may they, be a moot point by the time you listen to this. But correct. Just so you know. And they recently uh, reopened... Pixar Pier. Mm-hmm. And so Pixar Pier rides are running and it's a lot of people will stand on the backside. Yes. And you can see some of the show from the backside. I don't think it's as great, but you can see some of the show from the Pixar Pier area as well. Yep. And I think that's pretty much it for planning your park days. A couple of different options for riding rides in the park that you should know about. Um, and we won't go into too much detail, but there are single rider options mm-hmm. for some of the rides. There is a service called Rider Swap child switch, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Right. And that it allows you to ride the bigger rides without your little ones that can't ride the ride having to wait in line with you. Correct. And that requires two adults. Yes. So as long as you have two adults there with your children, uh, one adult can ride the ride and then the second ride that you can tag team mm-hmm. and the second adult can go on and ride the ride. And then I recently, I think they recently changed the rules on this that they are only allowing one That's child to ride yes. with you. Yeah. It used to be 
two or three. I think so. But now they're allowing one child who's tall enough to ride with the adult Mm -hmm. and then ride a second time with the other adult. Right. Yep. And that's just a good way for families with different ages of children to be able to ride all the rides that they want to and not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also a disability access pass that is an option for families that have children or adults that aren't able to stand in line, that don't have a mobility issue necessarily. Um, Actually, you should go back and listen to our episode where we talk about that a little more in detail if you think that's something that you could utilize. Yes, for sure. And then let's really quickly touch on parking. If you are staying at an off property hotel or resort and are planning on driving in each day, there are three parking options for the theme parks, there is the Toy Story parking lot, which is on Harbor. Uh, it's about half a mile down the road, mm-hmm. um, but they do offer free shuttles. A little hack on this too is if one of your, if you've decided to stay at a hotel that's near that Toy Story shuttle lot, you can always run in and grab a Toy Story shuttle. They don't check to make sure you've parked there, so that's a great way to get to the parks if you're staying in that area. And then on property, there is the. Mickey and Friends parking garage and the Pixar Pals parking garage. Mm-hmm. Both, all three of these are going to cost thirty dollars a day for basic parking. They have premium parking. I would say don't do it. Yeah, not necessary. Not necessary. And I believe you have in and out privileges as Correct. well. So you could go grab your car, go home to the hotel for a midday nap, and come back and not have to pay the parking as long again. as you keep your receipt. Yes, keep your receipt yes. always. Also, there's downtown Disney parking if you just want to go to downtown Disney for an evening or for a morning before you head out. And downtown Disney parking starts at $10 per hour. You pay $10 for your first hour, and then you are able to get validation for up to three additional hours if you purchase anything in downtown Disney that is $20 or more. Mm -hmm. Or if you eat at one of the sit-down restaurants in downtown Disney, you're able to get five hours validation for your parking. So you pay for that initial first hour, $10, and then you're able to get three additional hours for free or five additional hours for free, depending on what it is you're doing in downtown Disney. Mm -hmm. Currently, downtown Disney is under a bit of construction, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of shopping and dining options there, a couple of sit-down restaurants that you could make reservations for. We have some favorites there. Definitely go check it out. And then during the holiday times, they will have some special entertainment and all kinds of fun stuff in downtown Disney. Our last trip, we ran into downtown Disney our last morning. We packed up our hotel, threw all of our stuff in the car, parked at the Simba lot to go to downtown Disney, and went and grabbed souvenirs. And that was, you know, grabbed some beignets and some souvenirs, and we paid 10 bucks to do it, and it was great. Yeah. And it's a good way to kind of extend your experience at Disney Mm -hmm. if you don't have a park day on your last day or if you're getting there on a day, you can go in and just kind of enjoy the Disney ambiance without having to pay to go into the parks. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about parties and after hours events really quickly. Again, during holiday times, uh, specifically during Halloween time, they yes. will have some after hours. Oogie Boogie Bash is the after hours Halloween event. Tickets for that typically go on sale in the summer and you have to grab those right when they go on sale. They sell out really quickly. Um, Star Wars night is another after hours event that they have. Uh, Sweethearts Night. Um, And then they kind of just throw in a couple of different ones throughout the year. Yes. And these are in addition to your park admission after hours events. Yes. So if you want to have a park day and then go to this after hours event, 
you are buying a day ticket plus your after hours event ticket, but your after hours event ticket will get you into the parks before the party starts. So you can have some park time before the party starts. Yes. And there's always the question of, well, what if I'm already in the park and the party is starting? Do I have to leave? The answer is yes. Yes. And you will receive, if you have a ticket to the event, you'll receive a wristband. Disney will put cast members out at every ride, every area, every land, every bathroom, every restaurant, and they will check for your wristband to make sure that you have paid to be at that after hours event. And if you have not, they will turn you away. They will sweep you right out. They will sweep you right out. (laughs) Don't try to stay. It's going to be, and you know, people try all the time. Even if you were able to avoid seeing a cast member and just find a bench, you're going to be bored. Like you're not going to be able to participate in anything. You can't eat. You can't go on rides. There's nothing for you to do. There's nothing for you to do. Right. So Whenever you're planning your trip coming up, just make sure you check to see when those after hours events are, because if you're not going to them, the park will close early that evening. And currently the after hours events take place uh, between DCA or Disneyland, depending on what the event is. So just check, check in advance. Mm -hmm. If it's something you're interested in, make sure that you can grab tickets. And if not, plan your park days around them. And I feel like it's pretty consistent on timing. Oogie Boogie Bash will close DCA down at 6 p.m. And the after hours events that happened over at Disneyland Park usually will close the park at about 8 p.m. So you can kind of count on that. But Mm -hmm. just know that that's an early evening for you if you don't have a hopper ticket. You're going back to the hotel and going to bed. Yeah. Which isn't the worst thing. (laughs) Okay. So I hope that was helpful to get you ready for planning your trip. Did we cover all the bases? Yeah, this was such a weird episode. Yeah. There wasn't any banter. No We were just facts, guys. All the facts, (laughs) real quick. Thank you for coming to our lecture. (laughs) Our TED Talk. TED, if you want to call us, we're happy to give a talk. We're ready. (laughs) And make sure you follow us on Instagram at ropedrop.parkhop because we'll always have current events and information there. Mm -hmm. And subscribe to this podcast because we will have news and, you know, things as things change, we'll be updating them and all of that good stuff. Another perk for following us on social media is we're active there. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have a question that you just need an answer to, reach out to us and we're happy to answer it. Our rope dropping and park hopping page on Facebook has several hundred people in it now that are happy to answer questions as well. And And they're all super helpful. And a lot of people live local to the parks that Mm -hmm. are in our group. And so they may even have more current information than we even have. Yeah. So (laughs) definitely if you're planning a trip, All of these are great resources where you can find the information that you need. Somebody's had the experience you're trying to have. Exactly. All right. Happy planning.